are you today? Good. Just wanted to check in and see how you're feeling about this podcast. I'm feeling really good. Yeah. Do you know who I talked to yesterday? Sam. Yeah, my friend Sam. And do you know what um, what I learned from her? What did you learn from her? I learned that we don't have to be perfect to be great at what we do. Oh, that's really cool. And do you know that heart, little heart, that brown wooden heart I gave you? Yes. Yeah. It's sitting right there. I actually uh, talked to her a little bit about that. There's a guy named Gary who makes those. And oh, he wow. had a really hot, tart, tough life. And he started developing those parts, and they were perfectly imperfect. And that's a physical reminder, right? Oh, wow. It looks like it's mine because I drew on it. It is yours, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I shared that story with Sam yesterday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So we know that we can show up and do great things when we try new things, even when we're scared that we can't do them perfectly. We try, try again, right? Yep. All right. All right. Well, here is Sam about imperfection wins. Yep. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Ann Taylor Hartzell, your host for the Culture Shift podcast. Welcome to the very first Culture Shift podcast. I'm your host, Ann Taylor Hertzel, and I am here with Sam Willing. She is a human resources executive podcast host, a podcast host of Imperfection Wins, and um, I'm just so excited to have you here today. Thank you. Um, we are also birthday twins. Yes. So um, when we met, what, is it 10 plus oh years ago? Yes. We realized we had the same exact birthday. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, what a journey it's been, right? Now that our kids are like about (laughs) ready to leave the nest. Yeah. So it's crazy. So, can you tell me a little bit about you and um, your podcast? And I'm just so excited that you're my first guest today. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm so thrilled to be here. And I'm so excited that you're taking the plunge into the podcast world. It's so fun. And um, I know a little nerve wracking at first, but you're going to be amazing. Um, So, I And let's see. So I'm an HR executive at a small startup biotech company. Um, And I also do executive coaching. I've had my own executive coaching and consulting business for about 10 years. And then I started this podcast a year ago. I just wrapped my first season and it's called Imperfection Wins. And, you know, it really um, is a podcast about spreading a message of encouragement and grace and has a, a high focus on compassion. I talk a lot about compassion for self, compassion for others, Um, and it was a surprising venture for me, and Mm -hmm. it turns out is my most favorite thing that I do. So I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thank you. And you're also a mom of two. And I'm a mom of two. Yes, let me not forget my most important role. So I am a wife of 20 years, and I have Allie, who is 18 and in her senior year, getting ready to go off to college. And then I have a son, Blake, who will be 16 in February. So gosh, I know my time with kids at home is coming to an end. It's nuts. We were just talking about that, right? Like, and we'll get to that a little bit later. I think, um, you know, when we're in the trenches, we talked about this before we kind of went on air to talk, um, 
when we're in the trenches, we feel like those littles are going to last forever. And then all of a sudden, it's like the sky opens up and you're looking at colleges and what the heck, like someone's driving a car. Yes, it's (laughs) so it goes so fast. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that. I know, definitely. Okay, well, because uh, I also have hip travel mama have had that blog for the last 12 years, you know, travel is a huge passion of mine. Um, So I always like to start every podcast with um, something that fills us all with joy, which is family vacations together. So where is your family happy vacation place? I know you love to water ski. Uh, Yes, love to water ski, love to wake surf. So I would say we have two. We have a big vacay that we love and Mm -hmm. we have a more simple vacay that we love. And um, so easy Maui, hands down, like if we're going on a big vacation, that is our happy place Love as Maui. a family. Everybody checks out. It's relaxing. The weather's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, but probably the place that's been the most consistent mm-hmm. in our lives in terms of family connection is Banks Lake. And it's over in Eastern Washington. We have spent almost every weekend for 12 years over there as a family during the summer, doing water sports, camping. And it really is just an example of a vacation that we literally are camping and in a trailer, we have water and power. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> makes it, more we, it is so simple. Mm-hmm. And we've been going there since our kids were tiny. And it is just a really magical place. We all do water sports. And um, that's probably been the most important family time for us. Yeah. And I always tell people like, oh, you know, they wonder, worry about the budgets they have to travel. And I said, honestly, it doesn't matter how far you go. No. If, if as long as you are taking that time out together and you're unplugging from your daily life and yep. really focusing on each other and just being present. Yes. That that is a gift in itself. Yes. Right? We so. have really realized that. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've also realized is it's, it gets more complicated to get away as the mm-hmm. kids get older. And so our time at Banks Lake, um, really has dwindled over the last couple of years as our kids have grown up. And so we're really grateful for the time when they're younger. Um, but also realizing the importance of, of taking the time. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be a perfect trip, right? If we're talking about perfection today. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So what is the travel experience you remember most as a kid? Okay. So, okay. So Mm -hmm. as a kid, so we did not take a lot of vacations. Um, I mean, we never really even went on a beach vacation until I was a senior in high school. We went to Cabo, which was awesome. What I remember the most is that when I was in middle school, I must have been 11 or 12, we went, we, I grew up in Arizona. And so we went on a ski trip and to Red Mountain and my parents, no one downhill skied in my family and my, yet my parents, for whatever reason, said I could do downhill ski lessons by myself for like three or four days. And so I will never forget it. I remember like learning how to downhill ski. No one else. I was just by myself, which was sort of, um, grown up. I remember actually I had like this like blue puffy, like one piece snowsuit. It was like turquoise. And I thought it was super fancy and awesome sitting in the lodge. I love it. It was all all about the the outfit. Yeah. Right. right? Like all the glamorous snow bunnies there and having my hot chocolate. So I'll never forget it because my parents really didn't realize it at the time, but we moved to Seattle a couple years later and I started skiing with friends as I made friends here and skiing is still a huge part of my life. So it just was one of those things that, um, you know, my parents did for me that 
I, I mean, is so important. So mm-hmm. I'll just never forget it because there was no reason. Like they were cross country yeah. skiers. No one else downhill skied. Yeah. So well, they must have saw something in you yeah. and said, you know what? This girl, she loves to water ski. She loves to, yeah. Yeah. Let's throw up on the snow hill and see what she does. Yeah, so. it was awesome. Oh, that's great. That's a good memory. Okay. So speaking of kiddos, you, we just talked about how you have one that's 18 ready to leave the nest. Yes. So we promised we would try not to get emotional on this. <laughs> I, I think the hardest part, right, is is you're equally as excited for them to... Yeah embark on the adventure of a lifetime mm-hmm. creating their own life mm-hmm. but also like equally mourning that like time when they were little like yeah. and I'm even getting kind of teared up thinking about it I know. um so for you like what is the one thing you would say to yourself as a younger mom oh. you know as you're looking back oh gosh um well first of all as a younger mom I definitely didn't realize how fast it would go mm-hmm. um I felt like I've enjoyed every stage with my kids and every stage comes with new fun things that you get to do together. Um, But I would say to my younger self, one, I would say, just be gentle with yourself. Like your kids really just need to know you love them and you support them and they're going to be fine. As mm-hmm. long as you love and support them and you model kindness for them, they mm-hmm. will always come back to that. Even if they don't have big birthday parties, even if they don't have big Christmases, even if they're the last ones to get a cell phone, <laughs> you totally. know, like, and they'll be mad at you about right? it. And they'll be but mad at you. They'll be okay. They, yeah, they'll yeah. be fine. And you don't need to, I would tell myself, like, you don't need to work so hard mm-hmm. to make this like magical childhood for them. Just love them. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I think the other thing I would say, to my younger self, my kids are both really into sports. Mm-hmm. And now with one leaving, I I don't talk often about regrets. I don't mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I have a lot of regrets. Um I regret not setting some boundaries with sports. Mm. I really We you could know, have a whole episode on yes, that. Yes. I really yeah. honestly look back at the sacrifices that we made, the breaks, the vacations we didn't take, Mm -hmm. um, all because of sports. And I'm sad about it. I do feel like it's, it's time lost. Mm -hmm. And now, um, my daughter's done playing sports, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's also leaving. And so, I you can't get um, those vacation times back. Yeah. So yeah. I wish that I would uh, I would have been stronger and not allowed like fear of missing a practice or fear of, you know, like now the kids play sports year round, which is so yeah. crazy, but they do, right? And there's this pressure and this panic around like, oh my gosh, well, we can't say no to the coaches or we can't say, or we can't set boundaries because it might limit our child's ability to play their playing time or their potential, whatever. And I, I wish that I wouldn't have gotten caught up in that game. I wish that I would have sometimes, not all the time. I wish that sometimes I would have said, we're going on a family trip and it's going to be amazing and your memories are going to be lasting and it's okay. Yeah, I get super fired up about this yeah. because last Thanksgiving we spent it um, with to-go food in San Diego for yeah. Surf Cup. Yeah, uh, I, I also have a daughter that plays year-round soccer, and she's really good at it, and mm-hmm. she loves it. Um, so it's a when she first started playing club, I was like, "What is happening here, guys? These are not professional athletes yes. that we are creating. These mm-hmm. are little. These are children." 
Um, and uh, yeah, I'm always on the sidelines. At first, I was super bitter about it. And now I'm starting to get a little bit easier about it. But I'm always the no. Like, yeah. so I always, you know, my husband's the opportunity creator. And I'm the mm-hmm. is it important? Is it necessary? Yeah. Because if it's not, then we are going to take our family vacation. Yeah. And I've the for the first year, I actually got a little bit sideways on that. And we missed a couple of vacations. Mm-hmm. And so then I started playing ahead and saying, Nope, sorry, we have a non refundable yeah. trip. Uh, we're taking this and she's a goalkeeper. And so, so it's a hard really position yeah. to, you know, to say no to but I think it's so important because that is the one regret that I don't want to have is, mm-hmm. is that time. You know yep. what I mean? And there has definitely been sacrifices that we've made because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. You're I, so I, smart. I love that you're doing that now. It's a great example. And it's a great example for the kids because like I, speaking of the whole imperfection thing, like yeah. if, if we as parents are driven by making decisions out of fear or like, you know, a fear of lack of playing time or whatever it is for our children, it trains them to actually make decisions based on fear too. And that's never what you would want for your child. Yeah. You know, you would say you have to prioritize and you have to, you know, make sure you're giving energy to the most important things and family's really important and life is really important. And yet if you don't model that, Mm -hmm. um, it, it gets really confusing, I think, for them. Yeah, there was one example. We were sent, standing around a field and all the, the parents had agreed that we were not going to take this break. Like, we're not going to go to this tournament. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting there. And then in the process of like 20 minutes the whole team parents caved. And I was like looking around going, what is happening? Why? Why? Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely important. I think you, you know, it's, it's okay to want them to be competitive, but we have to be realistic also that not all of our kids are going to be professional athletes, nor are they driven because you can see that there's maybe like 1% of, you know, the kids on the team that are so into it and the rest of them are just showing up, slogging away. Um, You want it to be fun. So I definitely think that's a good lesson, um, especially as you're starting out and, you know, kids can start their soccer or whatever sports journey, eight or nine. Yes. Um, I'll see these eight or nine year olds on the field and there's no judgment if that's the path that you want to take, but just be conscious of the choices that you're making is kind of what you're saying. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, you and your podcast, yes. Imperfection Wins. So I, I actually brought this um, heart that you sent me, um, <laughs> and it's a small little wooden heart, and I love dark brown wood, and so this is so beautiful because oh, I so don't know if you know, I'm kind of like a hippie at heart, so like oh my gosh, I'm all so like glad. the groovy, cool stuff. Like So when this showed up, um, I was really excited. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about these hearts, yeah. and then I'm going to share with you a story that um, really helps our family with this heart. Um, So tell me a little bit about these hearts, your uh, imperfection wins podcast, and then talk a little bit about the idea of grace, giving yourself grace. Yeah. So, um, so first of all, I started the podcast really, um, I don't even, it was not a plan. It was not a planned thing. I had never aspired to be a podcast host. I had been randomly asked to speak at a women's conference, um, and they basically gave me the direction, like, okay, we want you to speak to 150 women um, in healthcare. They're all financial um, experts, and we want you to be really inspiring. And this is our first ever women's conference. And you're like, sure, no problem. And you need to speak for an hour. I have no idea what I'm going to say. It's a really long time. It's like, okay. Oh, boy. Okay. So – 
Um, I decided at that point really just to tell my talk about my own journey and mm-hmm. just my whole journey through career and navigating motherhood and being in times of transition um, and then coming into a place where I started to recognize my own value and started to sort of claim some things in my life um, and say no to fear and say yes to opportunities. And so what was interesting is right after I was done speaking, a lot of women um, really react to the talk. And so some of them were tearful. Some of them hugged me. Like I really needed to hear that. Um, And after that, I started having people reach out to me through LinkedIn and social media saying, you know, did you record that? Would you record it? And I really hadn't thought about it. It wasn't really in my career path at the time. You're just sharing what was on your heart Yeah, I was just sharing what was on my heart. And so one night I was sitting trying to imagine um, what my coaching business was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I just had this thought of, well, I think people really need to hear that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't talk enough about the truth and put ourselves out there and be vulnerable and own that like it's really easy for someone to look at me probably from the outside like they could look at look at my LinkedIn profile and be like oh wow like she's a you know vice president at a biotech company and you know and just assume like mm-hmm. oh yeah she's just a hard worker and she hasn't made you know right. she's at the pinnacle of her career and none of those things are true like I have the same imposter syndrome I have the same vulnerabilities the path has not been clear for me it's been very twisty turny um, I've had to pivot a lot. And so, um, I just started sharing that experience and I decided suddenly one night to start this podcast. And so I literally just was like, is there an app to start a podcast? Oh and, my God, and amazing. Yes. And Google said, yes, there is. And yes, so I, there's an app for that too. Right? Yes. So I literally started recording on oh. my couch and I sort of put it slowly out there and a lot of to my close friends and they came back and said, this is really good. Like Mm -hmm. you, you should put this out there for real. And so I published it and the response was so cool. And I thought, well, I'm just going to keep going. Um, and so one of the things that happened is I had decided, um, to call the podcast imperfection wins because, um, I have always struggled with perfection. Mm -hmm and um, high expectations of myself. And so I titled it that. And after I had recorded the first one, I my dad came over one day and um, he's retired and he does woodworking as a hobby and mm-hmm. makes all these beautiful creations. And he also um, is always befriending sort of random people in his life. Like mm-hmm. he has a lot of like unlikely friendships yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so I was sort of raised with that. Uh-huh. Um, and so I enjoyed that too. And so he had befriended this man, Gary. Gary has a really tough life, mm-hmm. lo- tough life circumstances. And my dad had started um, teaching Gary, giving Gary his wood scraps and teaching him how to make these small shapes out mm-hmm. of wood really for a hobby, something to do. Um, and so my dad brought me this little wooden heart and he handed it to me and he said, oh, I just wanted you to see, you know, what Gary has been making. And he said, um, he really wants you to have it, but you know, he's just, this is his first one. And so he'll, they'll get better. Yeah. And I, as I was holding it in my hand, I literally in my head was like, this is exactly what I'm talking about on the podcast. They are perfect because they're imperfect. Like they're gorgeous just the way they are. And 
So I, at that point was like, would he make me some and I'll buy them from him. And, um, that was several months ago. I think it's been about eight months and he was very tearful. Couldn't believe I wanted to order some hearts. So we started this, um, connection, this heart connection. And to date, I, I mean, now I think we're up to like over 400 hearts oh, wow. have gone out. And I initially started on the podcast just telling people to, um, you know, I told the story and then just said like the hearts are really meant to be a physical reminder that things don't have to be perfect to have value mm-hmm. or to be meaningful. And so I started just handing them out to listeners and people would ask for them and I would send them out and um, I would get some pretty good teasing from some of my friends who are like, especially the guys who are like, you know, this isn't a good business model, right? Like you're buying yeah. the hearts and then you're, and you're paying them. for marketing materials yeah. and then you're shipping them. Yeah. And I know, and I my just, investment banker husband would say the same right? thing. Right. I'm just like, sometimes you know what? Just, you're just, inspired. Like, I guess if I go broke ordering hearts from Gary, then I don't think that's what's going to happen. But if that's what happens, Mm -hmm. then I guess I'm saying it's okay. And And you're supporting Gary, right? Yeah. It's like this It's imperfect in its model. right? It's like, yes. So we're (laughs) we're just doing this, Gary and I. And the process, the transformation in both of us, I would say, is amazing. I mean, he never in his entire life Mm -hmm. has someone – affirmed him positively or found value in something that he's doing. And so now, um, I met, I ha- I got the opportunity to meet him in person, mm-hmm. um, about a month ago and the tears of joy and gratitude and truly like when I call him an artist, he oh. can't believe it. Oh. Like it's so just, he can't believe it. And so, um, that, has been a huge thing. And so what's interesting about the hearts is that now um, people are ordering them, like complete strangers oh. are ordering them and paying for them. Yes. And so it's all sort of coming back around. You know, I just sent 50 to Los Angeles and wow. 20 to South Carolina. Oh my gosh. And, right? I mean, yeah. it's just, and so um, it's a really cool thing. And what I'm finding is that people use them to, to represent something different. You mm-hmm. know, some people will message me, like I keep it in my cup holder. So I see it when I'm driving to work. I had, I was at Nordstrom's one day and I had a woman who's in sales there that I gave a heart to, like right when I started the podcast, mm-hmm. um, she saw me across the way and said, Oh my gosh, she went running up to me. She goes, look, she reached in her shirt and pulled out her heart. She goes, I wear it every day. Oh. Right? So there's like really, yeah. um, really a lot of meaning in them mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the podcast is great and the hearts are just my like total joy yeah. to give away. Oh my gosh. Well, they're such a, when you say physical reminder, I think that's it. I wanted to share a story. So I had ordered some and I, just cause I'd seen you post about it on social media and you know, we have been, there's just been a lot of stuff going on with our friends and life. And, and so I said, yeah, send me some. Cause I, I, I think there are several people in my life that could use them. And my original intention to give this out was not the person I actually gave it to. Um, my youngest daughter is dyslexic and she's just started middle school and she's been having a really tough time. Yeah. 
And um, we, you know, part of that is um, dealing with perfectionism, right? We don't want to start something we know we can't do really well. Yeah. And so one day, you know, she'd had a couple of things with her teachers. She, uh, you know, I picked her up from school and um, she's like, mom, this test I studied so hard for, I, I got an F on it. And I'm really sad. Mm-hmm. And that is the day that I went to the post office to pick up your hearts. And so I put them in like my glove box and I was like, okay, I'm going to give them to this person. And then I said, wait a second. Like if anyone needs one of these imperfection hearts, it's my daughter right now. And so I pulled it out and I, I want you, I said, I want you to open it. it came in that little envelope with the little card that talks about, you know, how we don't have to be perfect. We just have to show up. And you know, I can't remember exact wording yeah. now, maybe you could share with here. Um, but I said, I said, I want you to hold on to this because, you know, we are learning as we go and it's not going to be perfect. And I said, but every time we make a mistake, we show up and we try again yeah. and we don't have to be perfect. And she literally like carried this around for like a oh week. Oh my gosh, yeah. it gives me chills. <laughs> and it is a tough thing because in a school system that does not support yeah. uh, differences in learning as well as it should, yeah. um, you know, our whole mission is not to squash the, the the, the spirit right behind yeah. that because we know that once those kiddos get out into the real world like their imperfection yes. in their learning in the traditional environment is going to actually be their gift yes um, and we keep reminding so anyway yes. so that's the story behind the heart I love that yeah. story so much and I know um before we move on yes. to our next question I just want to tell you something yep. my husband is mm-hmm. dyslexic really? and his brain Dyslexic brains are amazing. He they is are. the most amazing problem solver. Mm-hmm. The way he sees things, big picture, is seriously amazing. And his ability to remember things and build relationships with people mm-hmm. is top notch. Yeah. So I just, I it actually is a gift for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I a hundred percent believe it and see it in him. So I'm really excited. Oh, that's for her, wonderful. But I know middle school's torture. Yeah, definitely. It's always yeah. t- torture, but with that yeah. too. Well, I am definitely going to be doing some more podcasts on dyslexia with a couple of uh, awesome. guest experts because um, the more you talk about it, the yep. better it will be, yep. right? And the it's more true. these kids know that they have a gift and really there is some studies right now that said that the workforce of the future, you yes. mean HR, is going to be um, driven a lot by these creative, Absolutely. innovative thinkers that yeah. are very entrepreneurial. Absolutely. So anyway, that's a whole other so, podcast, yay. but thank you for You're sharing welcome. that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we talked a little bit about grace. What does giving yourself grace look like? I mean, I know how it feels to me, right? Like, oh, I'm going to leave the dirty dishes. We're not just talking about leaving the dirty <laughs> dishes in the sink, right? We're really talking about like that wholehearted being a good friend to yourself, right? Yeah. You know, um, I think for me, a word that I think of a lot and, and talk about a lot in, in, um, using it with myself and other people is just gentleness. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's, um, you know, grace can be translated into just being gentle, you know, being gentle with yourself, being gentle with other people, um, treating yourself as a friend, you know, mm-hmm. I know, um, we talked a little bit 
earlier about I had my last podcast I did on your inner kicking your inner mean girl to the curb. Yeah, totally. And I know we're, we're going to talk, talk about that. a little bit about we that are. too. But that's a big. I really think that it's the internal dialogue that really sabotages us, and we can take ourselves down so fast. And so, um, I once you recognize that, to me, you know, the way that I practice giving myself grace is. I'm really trying to be very aware of those thoughts and recognize that I'm not really fighting a battle most days against external factors. I am fighting a battle against internal things. Mm -hmm. And that's where that perfectionism can really rule. Um, And so I just always think of being gentle, Mm -hmm. like being gentle with myself, being gentle with other people. And to me, you know, the word grace really represents that concept of being gentle. I love that. Because I think what we also forget too, is that we're so caught up in our own stories all the time, right? We worry about what other people are thinking about. And they're actually thinking a lot more about what's going on with them, right? Yes. And we don't know what people are battling with, um, you know, and that internal dialogue Yep. that, um, you know, that basically colors their, their reactions and things like you don't know what they're walking. It's so true. Yeah. Okay, so let's shift gears. So culture shift for me, just to sort of talk about what the purpose is behind the podcast. Culture shift is looking at the belief systems and everything underneath why we do the way we do. We've talked about a little bit about the culture of sports. We've talked about the culture of, um, you know, workplace, uh, of the education system. Like there's the culture, there's, you know, belief systems uh, across the board are really a part of, of culture. And I want with this podcast to mm-hmm. be part of creating really authentic conversations around things that need to change. Yep. And the only way they change is if we start talking about them and being authentic and real. And perfection is is definitely one of those things that I struggle with too. I don't know, probably, maybe it's our birthdays. I have no idea. Because <laughs> I'm sure we're the only two people in the world that deal with that this, struggle right? with it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's got to be the Capricorn in us. Totally. <laughs> um, Um, but like what beliefs, um, you know, do we carry around with us and like, how does this help us or hurt us or any thoughts just on what you've learned from interviewing people on your own podcast or your own experiences? Yeah. So many things. Um, I've learned so much about it, but I think the, the first thing about, um, perfectionism that we tend to carry around with us is that belief that it's not okay to not be okay, Mm. you know? And I think that has been a really, um, long sort of life lesson for me as I sort of look back for a lot of different reasons growing up, trying to, you know, when you're a teenager and you just want to fit in. And Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have a life like a lot of my friends, we had some pretty significant family struggles and things that Um, that made my life different. And yet I sort of was always on a quest to be the same. It was like, I just want to, so I was just always okay. Even though I wasn't the same guest jeans, you have this free bag, everything's good. And so I sort of made a, um, a habit of like, you know, on one hand, it's probably great because I tend to be an optimist. Mm-hmm. And in general, when you ask me how I am, I will say I'm great or mm-hmm. I'm good. And a lot of the time, that's true. But I realized that it's actually not true all the time and it's okay for me to not be okay, Mm -hmm. or it's okay for me to, um, take a break. You know, I think one of the things that has really 
come to me through the podcast has been just this concept of, you know, I would say that I sort of struggle with commitment. Um, not in my marriage, thankfully, <laughs> 20 years. I'm like, yes, I made a Cheers commitment to that. there. Yep. But there are a lot of other things in my life for whatever reason that I'm really inconsistent with. And I get sort of uncomfortable with commitment. And um, I recently mentioned on a podcast this whole concept, like we sort of had some pressures at home and a lot of stuff going on. And I hit a point a couple of months ago where I started thinking, maybe I shouldn't do the podcast. And then I, then I sort of started thinking, well, it's my favorite thing to do. I don't want to give it up. And then I had this epiphany, like maybe I'm actually just supposed to rest. Like maybe I'm not supposed to quit because Mm -hmm. it's not going exactly the way I want to. Maybe I'm actually supposed to rest and trust that that's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that directly ties into the perfectionism thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, if you are a perfectionist and you tend to be a high performer and you're always on and you're always okay and you work really hard, the idea of resting or taking a break is scary mm-hmm. because you feel like it means failure or weakness. Mm-hmm. And that's been a big thing for me. It's like, no, actually a lot of highly successful people, especially success in the way I want to experience it, which is like happy, healthy, whole life, not necessarily like financial, um, success, they take breaks, Mm -hmm. they rest. And so that's been a big thing for me. Um, and I think the other thing that I've realized is, you know, sort of to your point about, we get so worked up about what people are thinking about Mm -hmm. us. And I think as a perfectionist, you always feel like you're being judged. And the reason you feel like that is that you're always judging yourself, True, right? So you're like, I'm my worst judge and everybody else is judging me too. And this podcast for me is probably the most vulnerable thing I've ever done. I mean, mm-hmm. I really feel like I pretty much bear my soul in it. Yeah. Um, well, because if you carry around all the time that like, oh, everything's great. Yeah. Then when you're having real conversations, like people want to listen because they want to hear like, I am really struggling with that too. So people might be doing their laundry right now or walking or running or driving in their car and they're sitting at the 400th, you know, basketball practice. Yes. That that's not perfect. No, that's not great, but that is what you're doing right now. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the thing. Like I've realized I have put myself out there and felt a little bit scared and nervous about Mm it and nothing bad has happened. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you're still you, I'm still me and you're still great on some days. And and yeah. yeah, And I just, uh, I feel more authentic. Mm -hmm. I feel more like myself because I'm being really honest about where I'm at. Um, it's resonated with a lot of people, but also people actually aren't like, sitting around thinking about me. Like they're not sitting around thinking about whether or not my sound is good Mm -hmm. or whether or not I say the word love too much, which I do, (laughs) or whether or not I say awesome or right. Like they're not thinking about, they're not judging me on that. Yeah, totally. Cause they just want to have a conversation and listen and engage on a topic to be inspired. No, that's true. So giving up the belief that you always have to be okay was your number one. Yeah. Uh, The fact that resting means failure or at least a lack of forward momentum. Yeah. 
Um, and then the third is really like stop stressing about what everybody else is thinking about yes. you and just be honest in who you are. Yep. Yeah. I can resonate with that third one as well. Well, with all three of them, but I think the reason why I wanted to do this podcast was because as a blogger for the last 10 to 12 years, the industry has really changed a lot. Yeah. And a lot of it is this Instagram perfect, mm -hmm. like how many likes can you get on your Instagram? How many followers do you have in order to be worthy of a travel experience to go share with experiences? A lot of outfits in, you know, in scantily clad women, yes. like that is not why I started the podcast yeah. in the first place. And so I think that people are craving more authenticity yeah. and just, you know, to have real conversations and real about real life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So that goes to imposter syndrome because, um, this really resonated with me. I listened to your imposter syndrome, uh, perfection, imperfection wins podcast. And, um, I really thought, gosh, this is something I have super struggled with, especially yeah. as we are sitting here right here yeah. and I pressed record button. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, we're really it's doing happening. this. It's happening. And I'm so glad it's with you. Um, so we all sort of, um, feel this at some point in our lives, if not all of our lives, I think early in my 20s as a career person, I definitely felt this so much. I think as I'm getting into my 40s now, I kind of had this F you like, yeah. I got this, like, yep. I figured it out. But th there's still moments where I feel like I doubt myself, but I'm, I'm finding it easier to like get myself out of that mm -hmm. quicker than I used to like wallow in it for, you know, weeks and stress. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, limited beliefs. So how do you help sort of people move through that? Like, through no, that. you can do it and yeah. out of fear. It's, um, so it's something, first of all, that I think I have realized everyone struggles with it mm -hmm. in some aspect, um, you know, in some area of their life, at some point in your life, you will struggle with imposter syndrome, whether you identify it as that or not, it could show up as insecurity. Mm -hmm. It could show up as defensiveness. It could, you know, hold you back from making some really big moves in your life. And so, um, I think it tends to creep up for me when I'm about to try something new. And one of the things that I explore with people when I'm coaching them through um, an imposter syndrome moment is just asking a lot of questions about what is true. So one of the things that I focus a lot on, and um, I on, on the podcast, I interview a psychologist, Dr. Renee St. Jacques, and she had a really great strategy in dealing with this. And it's um, talking, you know, it's really easy for us to look at someone and say, think positively, be optimistic, right? Like dream big, yeah. like those kind of taglines. It's really hard to do. But what I really like that she focuses on is what's rational. Like, let's not just think positive thoughts. Right. Let's actually think rational thoughts, right? So for example, like I, this job that I'm in professionally right now, I'm the vice president of human resources. When I was offered the job, the first thing I thought of was why me? How the heck am I a vice president of anything? Oh, like just being honest, yeah. right? Like yes. it was my first internal totally. reaction. Like you're scared, like, hell yeah, like, I did it. Right? Holy crap. What? <laughs> I don't know why this is happening to me. Yeah. And if I actually am being rational about it, it's like, hold on a second. 
I have over 20 years of experience. Mm -hmm. Everybody that I've worked with as an HR person has wanted to continue working with me. Mm -hmm. I have always done a great job. Like I know what I'm doing. So is it rational Mm -hmm. that I am now the VP of HR? It actually is rational. Yeah. Right? Because if you are on the outside looking into someone else's journey, you'd be like, of course, of course course that person is qualified for that. And so I think in terms of like, instead of trying to force yourself to be like, I can do it. Yeah. Instead being like, what's rational here? Yeah. Right. Like, I love that. Right. Like for you with this podcast, it's like, gosh, you could have nerves around it. And what, who am I to be a podcaster? And what am I, you know, going to be, um, you know, how am I going to be able to record or get guests or whatever? You could talk yourself out of doing it really mm-hmm. fast. Our yeah. brains are amazing at that. Totally. Right? Because they're protecting us yes. um, from really exciting, fun things. <laughs> I know. Right? That we don't Ridiculous. get protection from. I can't but do that. But the rational mm-hmm. part of it is like, oh my gosh, you've had your recording equipment ready mm-hmm. to go yeah. for a while now. Oh yeah. We were talking about that right? before. Like, I think I ordered my first mic like two or three years ago right. and it's been collecting dust in yes. my office. That's ridiculous. And you have done public speaking, Mm -hmm. right? And you have been on TV talking about travel and things. I know you have. I've seen you. It's so awesome. One of my favorite things to do. Right? So (laughs) rationally, are you going to be great doing a podcast? Yes, you are. (laughs) You. That's actually completely Can I keep you around all the time? It's actually rational for Mm -hmm. you to think that given all your experience and everything you know to this point, this yeah. is a rational step for you. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you very anyway, much. Anyway, so that's yeah. my big So you're going to be here thing. every week with me as we yes. record. But I do love that. Like, what is rational? Like, yeah. what is fact? And yeah. I think we can um, we can also, uh, what's important to me, too, in our parenting, right? So I have two yes. girls. I'm Our whole mission is to raise strong, confident women. Yeah. Um, imposter syndrome is super hard. And, and the older I get, the more I realize how much works against us that I yes. didn't even think about, right? Because I was like, oh, no, I can do anything that boys can do and not to like have a gender thing, you know, focus, but the fact that we, you know, we sort of like show up like that. Right. So how do we, in our parenting, um, in our, in our marriage, you know, in those relationships that we have closely teach our, you know, teach our kids to also have those skills. I know. And I think that is something that, um, I felt really accountable for at a certain point, especially when I decided to start this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that for certain certain periods of parenting, I have, you know, and being female, I think, you know, um, not for all of us, but certainly in some cases we carry more of kind of the emotional weight of yeah, the house, right? Totally. And so I had sort of thought of my career as like, oh, like children were sort of a limiting factor for me. Right. It's like, no, I'm, I'm really happy just sort of playing small and I don't have big career aspirations because my focus is my children Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm pouring myself a hundred percent into that. Um, and so I think at a certain point for whatever reason, whether it's age for me or stage of life, um, or some sort of awakening, I went from sort of being like, oh, I have kids and it being a limiting factor to suddenly going, oh my gosh, I have kids. Yes. They are almost adults. I want them to see 
that they don't need to be perfect, Mm -hmm. that they don't need to be afraid of taking risks, that we are all teachable and growing and it's good and it's okay to fail. And I felt this sort of, um, accountability for embracing, like I have been gifted with some very specific skills Mm -hmm. and I started to feel this like discomfort in playing too small. Like, yeah. no, like I have a responsibility, right. Playing to model so this. Yeah. Well, we know so many people too. You have friends that are, that we all kind of get caught up in that, right? Like, oh, well, my husband's got this big job and he's got this big salary. And so I really should like pro- provide air cover here at home yeah. because who else is going to do it? Yeah. Right. And I want to make sure in order for the job to be done well, oh my gosh, can't even tell you how many times I thought about that. Yeah. And then, you know, then there's people like, my husband and I who have done the 50 50 split where we equally share the responsibilities, but it provides equally the amount of number of stress on both of us about juggling schedules. So it's never perfect, but it's what's perfect or right for your family. Right. Um, And playing small, if it makes you completely miserable, find another path. Yeah. Right. Because there's not just one right path. No. Um, and I think playing small can kill you slowly a little bit at a time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. you lose who you are and who that, what that fire was in your belly when you started. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. totally agree. Okay. So talk to me about Jenny and I'm going to let you pronounce oh, her last name. Yeah. Um, I just listened to your kicking your inner mean girl to the yes. curb, which was when your, your episode 17, yeah. was that the last one? That was the last okay, one. Okay. Yeah. Season. Just listen to it to wrap yeah. up the, this 2019 uh, year. So um, talk about it. So we talk a lot about with our girls, like queen bees, yeah. mean girls watching out who are those people, but yeah. we're never paying attention to that mean girl. We talked a little bit about yes. that earlier. Um, how do we recognize it and then how do we squash it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I love talking to coach Jenny. Um, she has so many awesome tools. So she has this concept that she talks about this inner mean girl. And as soon as she said it, I was like, Oh yeah. yeah. I can so relate yeah, to I that. I have a mean like, girl, we, Sam. Right. Yeah. We There's know, a mean girl, Anne. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. We know mean girls. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because ever since I did that podcast with her, um, I've started thinking of like my min- inner mean girl as a separate person from me. So mm-hmm. like I actually visualize myself split into and like this, this little friend that I have sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, now that I'm paying attention to her, mm-hmm. I would never be friends with her. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, honestly, the incessant She's so talking, rude. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. incessant talking, yeah, negativity, mm-hmm. like critical spirit. Mm-hmm. I don't have any friends like that, nor mm-hmm. would I want friends like that. Yes. Right. So I like, or if you have had friends like that, you're not in my life anymore. Curve, right. Ah, like, uh, that does yeah, not bring me like, joy. You don't actually yeah. make me feel better. Yeah. So. I have started actually thinking of like this, like having my little mean girlfriend off to the side and I I think how irritating she is. Mm -hmm. So that actually is really keeping me on track because now I'm recognizing it. It's like, oh my gosh, she is so mean. She's so nasty and can talk us out of so many awesome things. So, um, I really love that. And I think if you actually practice doing that, you Mm -hmm. you could even talk, we can talk with our kids about that. Like Mm -hmm. we actually all have that in us. And if you think about that part of you, you would never want that person Mm -hmm. as your close friend. Like that relationship will do nothing for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, I think that, and I, I also think 
one of the things that helps pull me out of, you know, if I'm in a funk or I'm kind of feeling myself go down in a spiral, um, which happens. I mean, even as intentional as you are, it can happen so fast Mm -hmm. with such a little tiny thing, especially if you're tired, Yeah, you know, I mean, especially with the holidays coming, right? So it's more tired, the more stressed I feel, the shorter the fuse I have. Yeah. It's a one little quick comment of yourself. Yeah. It can take you down. And so I think some of the things that I do to pull myself out um, is one, recognizing when it's happening mm-hmm. and just saying, knock it off, like not helpful, knock it off. But two, also um, practicing gratitude. You know, I think for me, I started keeping a gratitude journal mm-hmm. and having time for reflection and gratitude and have being able to recall the, those gratitude moments for me when I'm in a time where I feel like I'm starting to kind of spiral. Yeah. It almost like pulls me out, almost like extending a hand to myself, like, come on, get up, mm-hmm. you know, you're okay. Yeah. Here are all the Force wonderful things. Force yourself to go do that thing you're invited yes, to. Just right? to get your, yes. break, break the pattern yeah. of the negativity. Just break the pattern. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it could be listening to a great podcast. Or mm-hmm. for some people, it could be going for a walk with a friend who really fills you up or is encouraging to you. So mm-hmm. I love that. Um, yeah. That's good. Okay. So since you're so good at giving tips, yes. let's, so we talked about tips for kicking our inner mean girl. Yeah. Uh, to the curb. I love that. Um, the mean Anne is going to mean Anne. have some serious talking to here Anne. soon. Seriously. Yeah, for sure. I, it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely something we all struggle with. I know. <laughs> um, what are sort of some practical tips? I, I want to close sort of every podcast with like yeah. a couple of key takeaways that are actionable right now for you listening yeah. um, to create more space for imperfection. So we are committing today to perfection being something that does not help us. It hurts us more often than not to strive for the best we can do. Um, what are some tips you have for people to do that? Um, Okay. So I have three. Okay. Yay. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So the first one is what we were just talking about around internal dialogue Mm -hmm. and how we're talking to ourselves. And have you ever seen, um, like in your kid's classroom when they have that poster up that says, think, Yes. It's like the think before you speak. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like, is it kind? Yeah. Is it necessary? Is it true? true? Is yep. it helpful? Mm-hmm. Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? I love it. So I actually think we should all have that in front of us all the time and use it in how we talk to ourselves. I love it. Right? Yes. So like that is one thing. Okay. So go onto Amazon and yes. buy yourself, Get yourself one poster. of those posters. Yes. Put it wherever next to your mirror. Yes. Write it in lipstick, whatever you need to do. Yep. Okay. Love it. Um, And then the second one is that setting aside time for yourself. Mm -hmm. So just claiming some quiet time for reflection, journaling, self-care, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that makes you feel like you. Um, I think it's really key for being able to process and stepping sort of out of yourself and thinking those rational thoughts. And the more you practice it, the easier it is for you to recall in the moment. Mm-hmm. So if you're triggered by something. Totally. Um, and then the last one is find your tribe. And I know it's totally cliche because yeah, that is like such true. a buzz thing now. But I cannot tell you how many times my girlfriends are my saving grace. Like I just, sometimes you need to vent and sometimes 
you need someone to encourage you. And sometimes you actually just need to hear that you're a good mom, Mm -hmm. like from someone who knows you and knows your kids. Like sometimes you just need someone to say like, you are a good mom Mm -hmm. or your kids are awesome. Right. And so some positive reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love so that. Find your my... tribe. And honestly, the older I've gotten, the smaller my tribe has gotten. Same. Because I just do need that yeah. so much. You just like need we to be need real. to be encouraged, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Find your tribe. Okay. So you've recorded 17 episodes so far. Yes. You are in your resting period right now. I'm in my resting well, period. Well, resting in the during holidays, the holidays, ironically, <laughs> but planning for the big year 2020. Yes. Um, so what do you have planned for impact, uh, imperfection wins for 2020? And by the way, go to iTunes and subscribe uh, to yes. imperfection wins. Um, so, so you can get the latest episodes in 2020. <laughs> yes. Binge watch. Binge over, watch. Binge, yeah, listen, binge listen. Binge listen over the holidays. I love to binge listen. Um, I do too. So, okay. So I have one really exciting thing okay. that is happening in 2020 mm-hmm. that I just found out about yesterday okay. and only my husband knows, <gasps> oh which my gosh, is, I know breaking news, I'm so which is that my imperfection wins is going to be a radio show <gasps> no. at 7am okay. on Mondays. Okay. Um, it will still also come out in podcast form okay. weekly, but okay. it'll be a weekly radio show on um, 1150 KKNW. Thank you. In Seattle. I'm really in Seattle. So for your Seattle listeners, it's a, yes. can you say it one more time where they can find it? Yes. So it'll be 1150 KKNW mm-hmm. AM. Um, it will also be coming out in podcast form. Okay. Um, and so that'll be, and it'll be on my website, samwilling.com. Um, so I'm really excited. You know, I'm once again, I'm like having imposter syndrome and feeling sort of scared because it's a commitment, right? It's like every Monday and, um, I am really excited because I'm going to be in a legit recording studio, so which good. is like with a producer. Not in which the is middle so of Anne's living crazy. room right now. I love okay. Anne's living room. Okay. Um, so that's really exciting. And, I am hoping to also start really um, doing some public speaking Mm -hmm. on the heart story with Mm -hmm. Gary and not with Gary, but um, I've sort of turned that story into a message of compassion Mm -hmm. and compassionate leadership and why it's so important and how if we pour intentionally pour care and love into someone, Mm -hmm. um, what can happen? And so I am hoping that that is an opportunity that I get to have to really get that out and that people, you know, keep ordering hearts and, yes. um, yeah. Okay, so you, we will take a picture of the hearts yeah, and awesome. we'll post them. I have a new channel. It's going to be the culture shift podcast on Instagram and where can they find you on social yes, media? So well? you can connect with me, um, at imperfection.wins on mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, my website, samwilling.com. There's all my podcasts. There's a, a lot of information about me. The heart story is on there. Um, and there's also some free resources in a growth toolkit that is out there. So, um, Fantastic. yeah, connect Yay, with me and Sam. I'm so, oh my gosh, so happy to be here. I so am fun. so happy for you in your new journey. That's going to be so exciting. 
had no yeah. idea. It's like breaking news right here. It this is real great. Live you are the first. Yes. So and it, I, it airs January 13th. January 13th. First okay, great. So, so this will probably likely air before that. So uh, we'll be, it'll be exciting. People will tune in. So Sam Lee, thank you so much. My thank birthday you. twin and now my birthday podcast twin. sister. We said. I know, right? Okay, good. Know. Thank you so much for being uh, so, so much grace for me too, as I was super nervous to do this. So my pleasure. All right. We'll find more uh, information at cultureshiftpodcast.com and make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes as we're going to be there. Thank you. Thank you.